The Cringiest Holiday Catherine Davids gave Jarrett Gardner a giant teddy bear for Valentine's Day in eighth grade. I remember it well. She was obsessed with the cute Mormon boy, and though he was clearly not interested in her, she decided to express her undying love with an oversized teddy bear. She got to school uncharacteristically early to set it in front of his locker before he arrived. I guess Catherine thought he would see her gesture as endearing and romantic. Maybe then he'd finally reciprocate. At lunch, we saw the giant bear stuffed into a trash can. We felt bad for her, but nobody was surprised. Catherine's blunder is the cringiest Valentine's Day story I can remember. And that memory has set the tone for my feelings about the holiday. Valentine's Day is the cringiest holiday of them all. It's steeped in terrible memories, unhealthy expectations, and has a generous body of opposition. Ask anyone, and they'll regale you with Valentine's tales guaranteed to make you cringe. I'll offer up another one to get the snowball rolling. Jaden Hartford, a very pretty, very popular girl I had grown up with, sat in the far left corner of our Algebra 2 class. It wasn't her fault she was in the back of the room. Mrs. Guerrera hated her because she distracted all the boys in the class from their math homework. She wasn't loud or preppy. Most of the time, she tried not to attract attention. She was friends with the cheerleaders, but wasn't one, and was generally kind to everyone. Perfect, right? Everyone thought so, including Brandon. Now, Jaden was dating a guy named Jake, who was a dick, but she liked him even still. The couple had an on-again, off-again relationship spanning years. During our sophomore year, nobody knew when they were a couple and when they were split up. We all just assumed that they'd end up together at the end of it. They always did. But that didn't stop Brandon from asking Jaden to be his valentine. He waltzed into the last five minutes of our Algebra two class, Mrs. Guerrero was not pleased, and, presenting Jaden with a teddy bear and a box of chocolates, asked, Will you be my valentine? We all stared at Jaden, waiting with bated breath. Would she dump Jake for Brandon? In everyone's opinion, Brandon was the better option, if only by a small margin. Yes, she said, and the room erupted in applause. Finally, she had chosen someone who, on a good day, could pretend to be in her league. When the final bell rang, they left together, Brandon's arm around Jaden's shoulder. We felt like we had witnessed something truly romantic. But the next day, I saw Jaden and Jake together, holding hands like nothing had ever happened. This strange event was all anyone could talk about that day. Who was she seeing? Was she dating both of them now? We never did find out what happened with Brandon. Maybe Jaden sat him down and explained that being someone's valentine doesn't mean you're dating them. Maybe she only said yes to avoid embarrassing him. Whatever the reason, Jaden stayed with Jake, boo, and Brandon moved on to date most of the varsity cheerleaders. My own worst Valentine's memory isn't much, but it did have profound influence on my distaste of February 14th. During my sophomore year, 10th grade was a big year for Valentine's gestures, my boyfriend Ben gave me flowers. He had a student aide pull me out of my German class and was waiting in the hall with a bouquet of daisies. I had told him that daisies were my favorite flower. They aren't anymore. The flowers smelled terrible. I'm not even joking. It was like someone had patented the fart gun from Despicable Me and fired it directly at the flowers. In addition, the bouquet was not trimmed and was held together with a tiny ribbon. It seemed like Ben had ripped the flowers from the field behind the school and tied them together with his sister's cheer ribbon. I didn't know what to do with the flowers, so I tucked them in my locker and threw them out when I got home. But the fun didn't end there. Ben decided that we were going out for a romantic Valentine's lunch. His house was not far from the school, and we had extended lunch on Mondays, so the troublemakers and failing students could participate in quote-unquote advisory, which was just a nice word for detention. It took far longer than anticipated to walk uphill to his house. By the time we reached the small apartment, we only had about 15 minutes to eat before we needed to walk back. 
which would have been fine if he had already made lunch. As it turned out, he didn't even have any food. Looking in the fridge, the only thing he found worthy of making in such a short time was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I was fine. I liked PB&Js. I only have peanut butter, he said to me, looking in the fridge again. Well, this relationship is over. What kind of monster doesn't have jelly? What's PB&J without the J? I let him make the sandwich for me because I had left my packed lunch in my locker with his daisies, and I was trying to be nice. The sandwich was so dry. So dry. And instead of washing the hurried lunch down with water or apple juice or something, Ben decided we should make out and let our spit take care of that. By the time that 15 minutes was up, I thought I might need to call out sick and take the rest of the day off. The PB and saliva had done a number on me. Since that day, I have disliked Valentine's Day, and have told every boyfriend since to make as small a deal of it as he can. Usually, I wasn't even dating anyone long enough for February 14th to roll around. I had quite a few flings that expired before that date. And since I didn't like Valentine's Day anyway, spending it alone was no big deal. But eventually, you find somebody to stick around with. My ex-fiancé's birthday is February 9th, and as a self-proclaimed great gift giver, which is debatable, he expected nothing less than gifts on the same level of sentimentality as those he gave. I used so much creativity trying to find an original, thoughtful gift for him that I was plumb out of ideas by the following week. I was also usually sick with the flu, which is not related, just an interesting coincidence. We always said that because his birthday was so close to Valentine's Day, we wouldn't make a big deal about it. Usually, we got each other something small. He never bought me flowers or chocolates or a teddy bear or any sort of cliché Valentine's gift you normally get for a girl. The flowers are my fault. After the incident with Ben's stinky daisies, I had told everyone in my life that I didn't want flowers. I didn't need a repeat of that situation. But deep down, I wanted the cliché gifts. I've always wanted a heart-shaped box of chocolates or a teddy bear. Even a mushy card would do. I'm not a cliché romantic person. I hate roses, for example. But I've always wanted one of those stereotypical gifts. Just once. He and I spent four Valentine's Days together, and not once did I receive a teddy bear or chocolates. And like Catherine's teddy bear gesture, I was a little disappointed, but not surprised. If your significant other doesn't want the stereotypical box of chocolates or a teddy bear, it's likely he or she has other expectations. Most of these are, in my opinion, unhealthy. Generally, a girl wants expensive gifts that show her how much you love her by the price tag. Expensive jewelry, equally expensive dinners, maybe even a car. I wouldn't mind getting a car for Valentine's Day, but I'm not going to expect my man to buy me one, and certainly won't be disappointed when I don't receive keys to a new Subaru Outback come the 14th. Because at some point, expensive gifts seem more like a bribe than an expression of love. He's showing me, look at all the great things I can buy for you. I'd rather have a small gift of sentimental value than a large, expensive gift that screams, BRIBERY! I've also never been a big fan of jewelry, though I have a box filled with necklaces and bracelets from a past life. The only jewelry I'll wear is that with either practical use, like a smartwatch, or with sentimental value. So far, I don't have any wearable jewelry with sentimental value. I have some necklaces from my pseudo-grandmother Linda Leach that I have kept, but don't want to wear because I don't want to lose or break them. She's dead, and those two necklaces are all I have left of her. But if I were to receive a piece of jewelry from someone I care about, Necklace, bracelet, promise ring. I would wear it whenever it seemed prudent. Is that hint loud enough? Girls aren't the only ones expecting unrealistic standards. Men want something too. We all know what that is. I watched a Try Guys episode over the weekend wherein they tried on sexy Valentine's Day lingerie. Their comments embodied my feelings on the subject. 
impractical, uncomfortable, and not worth the effort. The only outfit they liked was an open front dress, and each Try Guy expressed their affection for it based on the range of motion offered and the comfortable fabric. Same, Try Guys. Same. Don't get me wrong, I objectively understand the draw of lingerie, but practically it makes no sense. For example, the corset that the Try Guys attempted to wear took so long to put on, the men expressed their distaste because it would take just as long to take off, and by that time the mood would be properly spoiled. One of the men stated that if the closure was made of Velcro, it would be quite a bit sexier. I would have to agree. No one should have to sacrifice comfort and practicality, even on Valentine's Day. But no matter the expectation, individuals on both sides of the relationship get upset if these aren't met. He didn't buy me a car. Yeah, but he paid the rent. So why exactly are you complaining? Is it not enough to treat your partner well every other day of the year? I left my fiancé on the last week of October. As soon as I changed my Facebook status to single, I began receiving invitations to virtual Singles Day events. Singles Day, I had to look it up, the antithesis of Valentine's Day is November 11th. The holiday began as Bachelor's Day and was an unofficial Chinese holiday that celebrated single people. Now, it's a worldwide phenomenon where people get together and rejoice in their freedom, or console each other, I don't know which, as I never went to any of the events. No, thank you. Valentine's Day is so abhorred among the unattached community that society not only calls it Singles Awareness Day, but has created an anti-Valentine's Day out of a holiday that's become the biggest shopping day around the world. Take that, Black Friday! Facebook also suggested multiple groups catering to single people. Support groups for the unattached and lonely. That's not something I'd like to be involved in. It sounds like the support group for bad guys in Wreck-It Ralph. I'm single and that's good. I will never be in a relationship and that's not bad. There is no one I'd rather be than me. What if you like being single? What if you're happy being on your own? But even people who are in relationships hate the holiday and feel like it doesn't apply to them. It belongs in romantic comedies, where everything is somehow timed perfectly, everyone always looks perfectly groomed, and every line is gushing with sentiment and poetry. While I try to see my life as a comedy, it's no you've got mail. I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Ever since the PB and saliva incident, I haven't been a fan. I'm not single. That's all the explanation I'm giving. But the two of us decided months ago that we weren't going to celebrate Valentine's Day. At all. We decided that we just weren't that couple, and I didn't tell him that I've always wanted a very cliche gift, like chocolates or teddy bear, because we're not that couple. At least not yet. We've decided to instead celebrate our half-birthdays, because it's a holiday unique to us. But I'd better not find a half-assed bouquet of smelly, half-wilted daisies on my front porch come April. I've learned from my mistakes, and I'm sure he knows what I like.